welcome Cosmic Toolbox. Today is Sunday, January 9th, 2022. And just like 2021, 2022 does not feel like it's going to slow down. Um, I kept having to check my calendar over and over again this weekend. Like, is it really January 8th? <laughs> is it really January 9th already? The first week really did seem to fly. Um, and I know that this weekend is flying as well. We've got that Aries moon really kind of fueling up lots of energy today at the time of this recording, we're in our first quarter moon in Aries. And so we have a lot of that sort of um, project, initiation, getting things done, finishing up loose ends. Um, oftentimes during a first quarter moon, anyway, we'll find triggers either from our childhood or early on in life that are holding us back from getting things done. And this weekend that was amplified because we also had the moon conjunct Chiron in Aries just before the first quarter moon. So major illuminating weekend. We, you know, came into it from a moon in Pisces, which is very contemplative. And then as we hit that moon in Aries, that cardinal fire energy ruled by Mars wants to get things done, high energy, lots of, um, it's easier to tap into our emotions of self-importance and it's easier to see our role in everything when, when the moon is in Aries. I find that we get more of a focus on all of our energy. Um, that's coming up for our greatest good. And so this first quarter moon, we're really looking at all the ways in which we can shine and how can, how can we show up to get things done and we're to initiate new projects. And so we're kicking the week off in that energy and first quarter moon energy holds all the way until, you know, the full moon. And so when we are in the first quarter, we're really hitting that waxing period where a week ago we were planting seeds and right now, and then all we spent a week tending the seeds and watering the seeds to make sure they got enough light. First quarter moon, it's like that root structure has sprouted below the soil and it just starts to maybe become obvious to us that something really is happening. So as a first quarter moon already holds that energy of blossoming, not blossoming yet, but like um, sprouting potential, first quarter moon in Aries is also, Aries is what init initiates spring, right? So we have that same element within Aries as we do the first quarter moon. And it's a brilliant energy to start the year off of. Um, having a new moon in Capricorn is amazing. It's a cardinal earth. First quarter moon is in a cardinal fire. And then we have our full moon in Cancer coming on the 17th and that's a cardinal water. And so there's just so much energy around beginning. Um, and then we end the, end the month with a third quarter moon in Scorpio, which is a fixed water sign. And so it'll be interesting to see what kind of emotions we um, settle into after such a potent cardinal ruled month, right? So it's just a really big month. Um, and if you're feeling like it's a really big month, it's because it is. We even have like the astronomy side this was a big weekend, right? With um, Venus coming between the sun and earth. And so astrologically, <clears throat> we feel that as well. And that happened yesterday and into today. Um, so 
what do we have to look forward to? Starting tomorrow, we feel the peak energy of the sun sextile Neptune. And what I mean by peak energy of that is that that, um, that energy is already with us. <laughs> we, <clears throat> for a lot of us, we've been talking about um, goals and hopes and dreams and faith and ethics behind it all, right? Um, because Neptune gives us a spiritual aspect of life and Neptune gives us, you know, imagination and mystery and triggers into some of our psychic abilities and really requires that we detach from ego um, and wants us to detach from the material things. Um, that's what Neptune's, Neptune's kind of stoking up within us. But the sun is that base energy, almost pure not ego in a bad way, but, you know, power and self-image and how we show up and our physical energy we're able to bring to the world. And so when they are sextile, that means, you know, they're 60 degrees apart and they're stabilizing and supporting and activating. And so what does this really feel like when the sun is activating Neptune in a good way? Um, and how can we use that? And so it's like bringing the dream world into the physical realm which then is like manifestation, right? So it's a good time for manifestation. And um, as we move towards the full moon, the full moon is the phase with which we manifest. So for the whole week from the 10th to the 16th, 17th, um, you want to be looking towards what are you manifesting in your life? What do you want more of? Um, and coming off the heels of this weekend, we really have an idea of how we feel and how we don't want to feel. And so focus on that when you get into some of the major manifesting um, coaches, right? They're talking all the time about you want to feel what you want before you have it. So if you are trying to manifest yourself a new car, go test drive a new car and feel the steering wheel, feel how the seats feel, feel how the air smells. You, you want to be able to feel it so that you can take that memory with you and use that to manifest. And so when we're manifesting things we don't have access to, you really got to spend some time daydreaming. And then the sun sextile Neptune gives us time and gives us space. And it opens up the energies for us to really tap into that. And then on Monday around 9.45 a.m., the moon enters Taurus. So we're going to have that first quarter moon in Aries sort of passing the baton. Taurus picks it up. It's a fixed earth sign ruled by Venus. Venus is currently retrograde. So there's going to be some influence that goes really internal with this one. But Taurus is a beautiful energy that holds the ground energy, holds the earth. And so as we are really working to bring things into our life and manifest, Taurus is perfect for that. Um, Tuesday, the 11th, we get a little bit more of a harsher aspect coming in. Um, it's been here. So at the same time that the sun is sextile Neptune and will be until Wednesday, Mars is squaring Neptune. And I feel like with both of these aspects happening at similar times, it's like Mars doesn't want anyone getting too daydreamy over here, right? Uh, we have to be careful because Mars is in Sagittarius. Mars likes action right now. Sagittarius is very action-based. It's a mutable fire sign ruled by Ju Jupiter. It's enthusiastic. It wants to make decisions. It wants to do it now. It's ready to take chances. It gets bored very easily. So this influence um, is just really, really potent. And um, as you're dreaming and manifesting, 
<clears throat> if you spend your time <laughs> daydreaming and manifesting things that are not for you and that you know are not for you, this aspect could feel a little bit harder for you. Um, and it could make it really hard to get motivated. It really kind of feels like a stunting energy. Um, so if you feel like this is the week you're going to get it together and you're going to start manifesting the things that you know you need or that you know you want and you try to get going and you try to do things and you find yourself hitting wall after wall after wall, that Venus retrograde energy is trying to tell you something. So get a little clearer on how you feel and get a little clearer on how you want to feel. And if those two feelings are super far apart, um, you know, like the emotional vibration chart, right? Like if you're, if you want to feel joy and peace every day, and you're trying to manifest a situation that will bring you peace, but you're really stuck in shame, you may have a little bit further to go and you might want to make your manifestation, not peace, but maybe acceptance or even anger. Like I want to stop feeling shame and I need to move this energy and manifest the ability to allow yourself to get angry and work it out of your body. That would be a more, um, that would be a manifestation that is more conducive to healing and progress than just trying to bypass it all together. And it will probably move faster. And Mars is like, not here for the BS, right? So like that energy, when it's really potent in the world, it's not here for all the story time. Like, oh, this hurt and then this hurt. And then this is why I'm like this. And Mars is just like, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> right? Like not to, not, not to be like mean, but that is the Mars energy in Sagittarius. It's like, stop it. What do you want? Right? Like that kind of argument that tends to happen between, um, you know, the yin and yang energies. It's like, stop talking about your emotions and tell me what you want. What do you want? What do you want? I don't want story time. I just want to know what you want. What do you want? What do you want? It's like a, a nitpicky energy, right? Um, because when energies square off with each other, that's 90 degrees apart. That's strain. It's resisting. It's, it's difficult, right? Um, it's like, it's, it's not necessarily like the opposite, like opposition, right? Um, which is more of like a tension that launches the arrow. Squaring is more like a instigating type of energy. So just beware that that's there. Um, so if you're telling yourself a lot of stories about why you can't do something, you're going to want to move through it as fast as you can and try to be as honest with yourself as possible because it just will feel, you'll feel triggered. Pay attention to your triggers on Tuesday. They'll illuminate that trailhead of, of where you need to go. Right. Um, on Tuesday, if you find yourself triggered, 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 write it all down and look at when did this happen before who may have acted this way in my life before really work through those journaling questions. And it will lead you towards maybe the original wound that you can then deal with a little easier. Now, Wednesday, January 12th, Vesta moves into Capricorn, which like we need another energy in Capricorn, but it is such. So Vesta is going to move into Capricorn and it's going to add to some more of that responsibility feeling. It's going to add to the um, energy in the air that we're building foundations. On Wednesday, when Vesta moves into Capricorn, Capricorn stellium will be Vesta, Pholus, Venus retrograde, Juno, Sun, the Sun, and Pluto. So significant amount of energy still in Cancer. And it will, we'll be feeling it, the, the structure there, the functioning of it, um, 
how are we working? How are we balancing home life? How are we getting things done? What are our boundaries? Um, our boundaries will probably come up on Wednesday. What are you willing to accept and what, what are your hard lines? Um, and it's almost like contractual. It'll come up really intensely. On Wednesday, also the moon enters Gemini and Gemini, um, which is still currently, <laughs> um, as if I'm just so bored, um, is currently still our North Node. And the North Node doesn't move out of Gemini until the 18th of January. So having the moon move into Gemini, um, we're going to get some of that North Node stuff as it's finishing up. We'll only have about five more days with the North Node still in Gemini. Um, and so late into January 12th and into early January 13th, so Wednesday into Thursday, the moon will conjunct North Node in Gemini. And it, for the final time as Gemini is with, with Gemini as the North Node. And so it, we will have some, you know, eclipse season, uh, North Node type energy come up Wednesday into Thursday. And I would expect to have some emotions about what has gone on in your life through this eclipse season, um, the last 18 to 24 months. And it's really interesting too, because Mercury will go retrograde the next day um, in Aquarius and Ceres will move direct. So we're, we are it feels like a resetting of some energies. We are getting ready to now see a separation. Um, we will begin to see the separation more in coming weeks, but for a large chunk of Gemini's movement through, um, or the North Node's positioning in Gemini, Gemini has been right up against Ceres, like pretty much the whole time. And as that has been there, Black Moon Lilith was in there. So for the last um, eclipse, especially, we were talking about the eclipse happening and it being conjunct Ceres and Black Moon Lilith and the nuanced energy that comes about because of those placements. Now, the thing that we're going to start seeing is that Ceres moves direct on the 14th and um, the North Node is getting ready to move backwards into Taurus and Ceres will now begin to complete its movement through Gemini and move on through the Zodiac. And so we'll see a little bit more of the separation between some of the North Node concepts and the Ceres influence. And when you are, um, whether or not you are aware of the influences in your life, it's been, it's been the whole world, right? This is something that some of us will feel stronger depending on our birth chart, but in in, um, when you're talking about North node stuff, it's the whole world. And so Sarah's really is being careful with my words. <laughs> Sarah's is one of the influences that really tells us how we need to be nurtured and, um, how we need to nurture others and unconditional love concepts of un unconditional love and how we show up for people. And we see this, um, in, in the, in the ways that Ceres is regarded throughout history, right? In that Ceres rules like food, agriculture, nourishment, um, nourishing the land, nourishing the family, nourishing um, themselves, hopefully. And so when you're talking about this, there's cycles involved. Mothering comes in cycles. Um, birth, pregnancy and birth is a big cycle. Um, farming is a big cycle. And so as Ceres is getting ready to move 
direct, we really have been dealing with a lot of Saris energy for a while being retrograde. You know, what do I want? What do I need to be nurtured? How do I, how do I show up for myself? How do I show up for my family? What's going on with me? What's going on with community? The whole world's been worried about how are we showing up for others? And we see it in politics. Some people are like, oh, I care about everybody and I want everybody to be safe. And if I have to have, you know, something taken from me for other people to be safe, then so be it. And then we have the other side of like, no, I, I have to take care of my family. I can't give up something from our family and make us weaker to help other people. And you need to take care of your family. And that's been like a big divisive thing. And both sides have valid points. And so that's the Saris influence though, because Saris has been conjunct the North Node in Gemini for a very long time. And it's important to remember that Gemini has duality to it, the light and the dark, but not as opposites as equals as twins, right? Um, mutable air sign ruled by Mercury, freedom, movement, visionary, um, very sharp intellect, very, very intelligent influence and has everybody really thinking about that. And so duality exists and more than one person can be right. And so that energy has been everywhere in the whole world. So this is a significant shift this week. So I'm spending so much time on it. As Gemini prepares to go into Taurus, retrograde back into Taurus on the 18th, Ceres is now moving on. And so they will separate and we will find that our nurturing is not as intensely ruled by the North Node. Um, our Ceres influence will start to function outwardly instead of drilling inwardly and asking us so many hard questions about what we need and how do we show up for others. And Taurus will begin to build more future, um, build more wealth for the future. And we will stop maybe intellectualizing every single little thing. And we will start to be able to build our future from that spot. And that all starts to shift really big on the 18th, but this week we're beginning to see some of that movement. Now on the 14th, when Ceres moves direct, we also have Mercury retrograde in Aquarius. This is an interesting element to the Mercury um, retrogrades in 2022. I I said it in the yearly forecast, but I'll just remind everybody, last year, all of our Mercury retrogrades were in the air signs, so we spent a significant amount of time um, thinking, and this year will be no different, but what's interesting, last year we had three Mercury retrogrades, and the first one was in Aquarius, the second one was in Gemini, and the third was in Libra. This year is the same, right, except it starts, every Mercury retrograde in 2022 starts in an air sign and then during the retrograde it uh, retrogrades into an earth sign so the way that i've been feeling this is that we are going to have these major mercury retrograde periods and then we are going to be able to dig into the earth signs and go direct with firm footing right and i find that to be really exciting and then our fourth mercury retrograde of 2022 we have four this year starts on December 29th and is in Capricorn, which is our cardinal earth. And I feel like a lot of forward movement is going to come from the Mercury retrogrades um, of 2022. So as we look forward, we're going to look forward to it. <laughs> we're looking at the Mercury retrograde in a couple of different ways that are really exciting. Um, and I, the biggest thing that I would like to Encouraging others as you're dealing with Mercury retrograde. If you were born under a Mercury retrograde, remember that um, this could 
probably be a very good time for you. You may feel like you're finally able to function in ways you don't normally. I would look at what house, what house of yours this Mercury retrograde is taking place in that will maybe illuminate where you can plan to have some things shaken up a little bit. Um, but this Mercury retrograde begins January 14th at 10 degrees Aquarius and ends February 3rd at 24 degrees Capricorn. Um, and this is, you know, a good time to be thinking and communicating. Aquarius is outside of the box. I wouldn't take many trips. I wouldn't do, you know, all the things Mercury rules. I would be very careful with communications, technology, make sure you say what you say, right? I said what I said, hold that energy throughout this Mercury retrograde. There will be no takey backsies, right? And so you have to be very clear with your communications during this Mercury retrograde. Um, and I wouldn't travel uh, personally if you can avoid it. If you were born under Mercury retrograde, that advice is up to you. How do you normally handle Mercury retrogrades? I know that. Um, you know, Jared was born under Mercury retrograde. And so he tends to really thrive through them and gets a lot of forward momentum done. And so for that reason, I keep saying that I think something big is going to happen for us, like right in the middle of this Mercury retrograde, but you need to be careful with it. Even if you do travel, be real clear because this Mercury retrograde is, is like right up against Saturn and Saturn is still, um, in Aquarius being a boss, being bossy pants, and it will be, you know, squaring Mercury retrograde will be squaring Uranus. And so there's a lot of like unknown, unexpected, like unexpected issues, um, possibly some like rebellion stuff coming up. And so I would just be real clear, expect delays. If you're going to travel or you're going to do business in any kind of way, I would just really plan to have extra time, right? This isn't the time if you're booking a flight to only have like a 20 minute layover and just assume you're going to be okay. I would just really um, take that advice and just take your time and slow it down and give yourself plenty of room and give everybody plenty of grace. I would also like to remind everyone that the shadow phase of Mercury retrograde, we've been in it since December 29th, the, the, um, pre-retrograde shadow, but then we are, we have the second shadow phase until February 24th ish. And so all of February could be a little wonky. Um, and that all begins January 14th. So it's a big week and we're excited about it. We're going to use it really, um, really well, and <laughs> we're going to work with it and not against it. Um, and so you want to avoid being impulsive. There's, there's some other elements at play. Um, the asteroid Icarus, um, the long standing tail of flying too close to the sun, right? Um, very uh, Alexander Hamilton, beware of it. Just beware to not take too many risks. You just want to think things through and plot your course and give yourself plenty of room. And I think that everybody will find that there's growth to be had here. Like I said, starting in Aquarius and retrograding back into Capricorn means that we'll have a chance to maybe do over some of the things. We'll have a chance to reflect how we handled things last time. Um, if you had something come up for you in the retrograde, like pre-shadow period. So 
between December 29th and January 14th, if you had something involving logic, reasoning, communication, travel, um, meditation, et cetera, expect to revisit it once in the retrograde and then again after going direct. So, um, you know, the last two weeks we'll, we'll be revisiting some of the concepts from them. So buyer beware. Now on the 15th, the moon moves into cancer and there's some things about this that I think everyone should be warned about on Saturday. Um, that's when the moon moves into cancer, but then on the 16th, just before our full moon, our full moon is in cancer, by the way. So this whole weekend, and it's on our full moon in cancer is on the 17th, this whole weekend will have the influence of the full moon. So by the time the moon moves into cancer on January 15th, we will feel it. That's around 11, 10, 11, 11 a.m. Eastern. So we will be feeling moon in cancer all weekend. On the 16th, the sun is conjunct Pluto at 26 degrees. 26 degrees is like the trigger point of everything important, I feel like right now. And so we're moving with that mindset of, okay, slow down and pay attention. One of the things about the moon moving into cancer for this full moon is significant in that Capricorn is currently experiencing a stellium, um, a pretty intense one. And so we will have during the full moon in cancer, we will have the sun and Pluto and Juno and Venus retrograde and Vesta and Pholus all in Capricorn. And the moon in cancer will be polar opposite that stellium and specifically pretty polar opposite Venus retrograde, especially on the 16th. It's going to be pulling on a lot of our emotions and a lot of our beliefs. And we're going to have some issues there um, if we're not ready to make manifest our emotions. This is a full moon period. So we're manifesting and we're getting ready to banish anything that doesn't serve our manifestation. So expect things to come up and out of the darkness for you, right? Because the sun is conjunct Pluto as well. And so it's illuminating all of that underworldy stuff for us and wants us to purify. <clears throat> and like, when I think of purify, I don't think of like cleansing. I think of like dropping, <laughs> like get it out, get it away, get it as far away from you as possible. That's the banishing energy. Like if you're in a hot air balloon, how you're just dropping sandbags, you want to release, detach um, in final ways. And so the 16th could be really, really intense, especially because, <laughs> especially I feel like, but wait, there's more. It isn't just that the moon is opposite Capricorn. Um, it's that there are elements to cancer at play. So cancer is ruled by the moon. Cancer is that cardinal water, right? It is ruled by the moon. It's more impulsive. It ebbs, you know, it like... Um, ebbs and flows, it waxes and wanes. It's, it can feel heavy. It can feel light. It can, it can repress motion, emotions to keep the surface clear as a mirror, or it can become restless and tumultuous with the, with the slightest wind. I always think of lake, deep, big lake energy when I think of cancer. Um, and so we're, we're talking about, um, very, very influenced by the surroundings. And so it is nurturing. It takes care of the home. Um, food is very important. It's like the ultimate mother. So we also have Ceres over there um, moving uh, direct, right? And 
and Ceres moving direct in Gemini, there will be some duality to how we want to be nurtured. And then in addition to that, it will be opposite Vesta and Folis. And so our home will feel so important. Um, and if our home doesn't feel good or if we don't feel safe, we could find it triggered. Um, Folis is also there to kind of stir things up. And if it and if it needs to be stirred up, it's the element to do it. And and we could find ourselves really evaluating what's real and not what is surface and what, what is reflection and what is really in the lake. And so um, that is a tough spot. I think that this week, that's the biggest pitfall of the coming week would be January 16th. Um, under the full moon energy in Cancer with the sun conjunct Pluto at 26 degrees Capricorn, when we have that Capricorn stellium. So I feel like everyone will be feeling their feels. And if you're not comfortable feeling your feels, you may feel like you need to lash out and make it stop or completely disassociate. Right. And those are big cancer. <laughs> those are big cancer vibes, uh, both of those. And so then on the 17th, we will have our full moon. So for everyone in the tier that gets alignments, our alignment will actually be on January 16th at 11 AM so that we have a full day of, um, of aligning ourselves. So put that on your calendar. And that is the weekly forecast. Everybody have a beautiful week and let me know how you are feeling in this time. Talk to you soon.